Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special episode for you today, and maybe for reasons you might not think. Today, we have the reintroduction of our very own Nikki on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Nikki is on break from medical school for about a week, two weeks, because of the holidays, and can now catch up and do this very special episode with us. Hello, Nikki. Hello. I'm glad to be back. And also special for another reason, because this is the episode where we are doing the movie Avatar, The Last Airbender, the movie directed by M. Night Shyamalan, released in 2010 under Paramount Pictures and Nickelodeon Movies. This is Avatar, The First Viewing. This is the podcast where an Avatar expert sits down and watches the whole series alongside two people who have never seen it before, Nikki and Peter, and this is them. Hi, I'm Nikki. I'm the director and fact checker of this show. I am Peter. I'm guys. I'm. I wasn't happy about this movie. I'm sorry. I've been really quiet. <laughs> <laughs> this is so painful of it's, a movie. Yeah. I'm Peter. I'm the yeah. Avatar newbie. Oh, thank you for listening. And I'm usually I would say I'm the Avatar expert. I've seen it all before, but I have not seen this before until we all watched it together. And boy, do we have our opinions on this movie. There's going to be a lot of discussion of uh, what went wrong. How about what's our what's our overall thoughts? What do we think? Well, let me just say we watched this movie virtually together, even though this is COVID times. We watched it through Netflix Party or whatever it's called now, and we sent chats that were equivalent to about thirty pages <laughs> of anger. We just had a roast session where we were just spamming roasts yes. on the movie. It was rough, guys. A lot of all caps in the in the chat yeah. on the Netflix party app. A lot but, of all caps. Okay, so so it's not a it's not a new hot take to say that this movie was bad and offensive to everything Avatar. We will I do want to get specific on why it was so bad, but yeah, I guess we can start like you said with with overall thoughts. I mean, it goes without saying that this was just so horrifically bad, just a really bad out of bad movie i don't really know what else to say we'll go into it but i mean what was most upsetting to me was the casting and the lack of asian people in this movie agreed with all these sentiments i think yeah my overall thoughts of this movie is that they just completely missed the tone uh, they try to make it more serious and they didn't understand what the characters are supposed to be like they put them in more of a Hollywood mold. And also the plot doesn't make any sense. Like it just Makes throws no you in sense. and never, it never explains. Peter, what are your thoughts? Oh boy. Um, wait, just, just a quick caveat on, on Nikki's point, because someone in the comments is going to be an asshole and, and say, well, the Indians are Asians, but yes, there were, <laughs> there were very few. Wait, I didn't hear what Nikki said. I said I thought about qualifying. Thank you for bringing this up. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I, I mean, East Asian individuals. Yeah, I mean, this is a safe space, but you know, the internet, you know how they are. Oh God, I mean, this this is classic Hollywood bureaucracy bastardization of great IP. I mean, it is not an easy thing to do to take Eastern or Eastern themed IP and animation and create live live action movies around it but boy yeah, we, this I is mean, we've seen that time and time again time and time again too. time and time again ghost in the shell you look at dragon ball z there is a live action movie that's horrible 
I, I mean, you, there's a huge list, but I, I really do think this movie is the poster child for IP, animation IP bastardization. It's beautifully horrible. And guys, this movie is not bad in like an ironically enjoyable way, like The Room or something. It is agonizing. I think if not for this podcast, I would have stopped or I would have walked out of the theater. We said it multiple times that we want to stop. Yeah. But then again, I'm just obviously doing this podcast i just want to see all the little decisions yeah every little point in yeah 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 i mean how they arrived at this because point. we are content nerds i think we watched it but to viewers like it's almost not even worth the memes like it's that how <laughs> it's that bad that is that is my take i think there were very few specific things that i thought were done very well and and i'd love to talk about that but Overall, it was like a Frankenstein beast of a monster. I, I could tell there was very little executive and creative leadership. It was as poorly edited as like Suicide Squad. Very mishmash, chopped together. Yeah. Like at the at the final, the ninth hour, the eleventh hour, whatever that term is. Yep. The the guy was like, "I need you to take out this whole scene in two hours. We're getting it printed." Yeah. He's like, "Okay." Yep. That's I think I think you can tell the movie was scrambled. Also, this movie's budget was something like hundred and fifty million dollars. So I don't yeah. know what the excuse is. <laughs> it was, didn't seem as grand yeah. as like uh, any of these uh, yeah. Avengers, anything like that. You know, and and obviously this movie lost money in the U.S., but overall it made money globally. So the the other people liked it. I mean, I think it's just like if you throw Hollywood graphics, people will watch it. Yes, like maybe for this one movie, they made money, but compared to what could have happened if they did it right, which is like a maybe like a smaller Marvel-y franchise. Yeah. Like, oh, this could have been like a billion dollar loss. thing easily. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember I kind of fell into that trap because this movie came out in 2010, which means I would have been 15 yep. years old at this time. I remember seeing the trailers and everything and I was like, uh, just seeing him bending and everything. I was like, this yeah. – in my mind, I was like, wait a second. Actually, this looks kind of cool because I remember when I – at this point in my life, I was like, anime? No. Not watch it. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, but I had a lot of friends from you know all around who really liked this show and I was like, ooh, I, I actually kind of want to watch this. I remember that they were, they were selling – there's these things called flip video cameras. Do you remember those? Yes. It, yeah, and it has a USB that flicks out the side, yeah, yeah. and you could record it and just plug it straight into your computer. And it came preloaded with clips from the movie, and I was like, I made. Uh, that's pretty cool. That's a pretty cool camera. promotion. That's a pretty cool promotion. Before the movie came out, had clips from the movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, bless you. Bless you. <laughs> and I, you know, this is this is really like I'm talking like before YouTube was a. I mean, it was definitely a thing, but it wasn't what it. The nah, nah, it wasn't. It's not time. what it is today. And then the the next day. I remember my friends were like, this was the worst movie I've ever seen. I'm like, oh, never mind. It's just it's a shame. And I and I think they will make a remake. It depends on what happens with the Netflix TV show. But yeah. uh if that's also kind of like a flu, then I could see this being remade again because mm-hmm. post 2015, like Hollywood to White movement, um, yeah. post Crazy Rich Asians when a lot more Asian directors and actors and you know, creatives have been given opportunities. This movie would be a lot better handled today. And I think it just kind of was before that cusp where where they were like, uh, uh, M. Night is 
Asian technically. Like, you know, <laughs> maybe get him to do it. And then M Night's like, oh, I am all for promoting my people. Let's make the Fire yeah. Nation Indian. I don't know what else he got out of this because stylistically, like, why would you pair them? M Night for me is a very hit or miss director. And I think oh, his yeah, hits are like, I would say, like about 50 50. And this was a friggin' miss. Even his style doesn't permeate this at all. No. Uh, it, I, if you didn't tell me, I wouldn't know it was that he directed this. But I think what we're talking about in terms of uh, how they decided to uh, change the characters around a little bit. Yeah. Um, it's actually a good kicking off point into our first section. You know that we like sections on this podcast. And we're just going to do uh, a little bit of a character introduction. Um, we're going to explain to you the characters in this movie, exactly how they're portrayed in the movie. So, uh, Peter, why don't you kick it off with um, the titular Avatar? Who is he? Yep, yep. Ong. He looks like the kid right before Neo walks in to see the uh, yes the the Oracle. There's a kid bending spoons. Yeah, it's that <laughs> the shaved head. Yeah, yeah, it's that pale kid with as little muscle mass, with like, mm-hmm. b- but like some bully like scribbled on his forehead in the shape of an arrow. Okay, right. and and I understand that they kind of went for this Tibetan tattoo kind of thing. I I actually commend them for the effort. I don't think it was quite on the mark. Uh, so the arrow tattoo on his head isn't like a blue arrow. It's like a scribbles of ink in some Asian writing. I think he looked the part maybe a little bit too Euro- Eurasian. Size-wise, boyishness-wise, I think he could have been older, but I like that they went younger. What yeah. we discussed, what we didn't like is that his movements were, he was not in his body. They did not cast him for physical physicality. Uh, his yeah. acting was also bad. Okay, now sorry. I'm rambling on to other parts. <laughs> but that that's Ong. And what's he, what's he like? What's his personality like? Eli literally said, he better ask to go penguin slutting. <laughs> um, but this is true of all the characters. They just grayscaled out everyone's kind of character, right? Like Sokka is like meh and he's always complaining and like meh. Katara yeah. is like caring and nurturing and sweet. Oh, Aang, I almost said Aang. Aang is like sweet and jovial and light and like likes playing. They None of them had any of that. And he was just like... I don't think he smiled in the movie until like 30 or 40 minutes in, which is crazy. Yeah. He's very serious. He comes out of the iceberg and he's like, I let's, let's get out of here. Let's do this. Let's do this shit. Don't fuck with me. And that's how he is almost the whole movie. Yeah. It's sort of a reversal of uh, what the, his whole character arc is in the first half of season one of running away from his responsibilities. He's immediately like, Let's start a revolution immediately as soon as he yeah. has a chance to help people. This is not just Ong, but like most of the characters in this movie is what my acting school friends call octing. Like it's like, <laughs> it's like, yes, I'm here to act and I'm dramatic. Things are happening and I'm acting. That, that yeah. was their demeanor the whole time. And I think it speaks to their acting chops. I, I'm sorry to roast, yeah. you know, actors. I'm sorry. Now introducing Katara. Her name is still Katara in yeah. in this in this rendition. She is a a fair skinned girl with uh, bright blue eyes and maybe a little younger than Katara was. I'm not quite sure. 
She looks about maybe a year or two younger than the animated version. She loves to waterbend, and people don't really shit on her for that. She just likes waterbending. She also <laughs> likes helping out strangers. When Ong says, I gotta go, she says, we should go too. And she, she goes right away. She loves to protect people, and I can't really say anything more about her than that. I have a couple things to say about this Katara. First one is something Peter pointed out in our chat, is that their decision in casting this girl is they chose someone who is not just white, but she's white, white. (laughs) (laughs) She is like dirty blonde hair. I don't know what color her eyes are, but she can't even like maybe pass at the station. And then the other thing that I wanted to say about her is she just feels like the girl that would have, like, bullied you in middle school. Like, (laughs) she would have worn, like, her Hollister t-shirt and then, like, her two or three tank tops over it. And she thought she was the shit. I just, that's the vibe I got from this actress. (laughs) Also, her nostrils were flared for the whole entire movie. (laughs) That's what I mean. It's like acting, acting, acting. I'm acting, I guess. (laughs) Then we have Katara's brother. Soka. <laughs> yeah, Soka. Oh my god, the Soka guy. What a freaking weird <sighs> Soka likewise. Here's what is uh the uh, some similarities. Soka is a man bun toting and boomerang toting warrior of the Northern Water Tribe. Maybe a little older than he is in the cartoon, perhaps of 18 years of age. White-skinned and chiseled jaw. This man is a macho man who is ready to punch you. But he's still fairly kind to his sister, although, you know, somewhat annoyed. But beyond that, he is somewhat of a wooden block. Not much emotion passes through those eyes, and I couldn't detect much of it at all. What do you think, Nikki? Uh, He gave me, like, the guy you meet in college who's, like, in, like, one of the super, super fratty frats, but he thinks he's, like, a hipster for some basic thing that he does. I can't articulate it, but the man bun really brought that home for me, I guess. I would say he looked like if Macklemore was an extra in Game of Thrones, (laughs) but had less talent and a much, much more punchable face. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they they didn't give him much to act, much room. But uh, I like that he had a boomerang. The side shave looked kind of douchey, but it was true to the look. I don't hate it. Um, there was just no slapstick, though, which yeah. that's not on him. That's on M. Night. But there was just no slapstick with Soka. That is a good point, Peter. They were true to the hairstyle of the show. It just looks so much more douchey on this guy. Yeah. I think it's also his demeanor. Very clenched jaw the entire time. He's He's posing. Oh, yeah, he's clenching uh, for, his butt cheeks for sure. Yeah, his butt cheeks pretty much the whole time, <laughs> which is sort of the opposite of Sokka, if you think about it. <laughs> Soka versus Sokka. Exactly. All right. Next next in our repertoire, Zuko. Here's the, yeah, Zuko. I mean, I squealed like a fangirl. Yeah, we love Dev. It's Dev Patel. We love Dev Patel. I, I, I mean... think Dev Patel actually did a pretty good job with this character. I'm not going to lie. I thought he killed it. I thought he killed it. <laughs> I would... I would change every aspect of this movie except maybe Dev. And I don't even mind if like all of Fire Nation was like East Asian or black or whatever. But like Dev was still Zuko. I think (laughs) think it would have been great. I thought he captured the adolescent angst pretty well. I thought his acting was very on the money and, and like line delivery 
um, even though other people were giving him nothing to work with. And uh, I, I would say the my only with him was I, I think they the scar on his eye could have been turned up in gruesome level like like one or two like maybe a little yeah. closer to like deadpool yeah a, a little bit more scarring and redness yeah i didn't even notice it most of the time yeah did they forget like did they do it in the intro shot like oh that's zuko because he has the scar i don't remember seeing it again it was I just mild randomly in the middle of the movie okay yeah. maybe it was just mild all the time it, it honestly it didn't look much worse than when i like drink beer like it just turned a little red <laughs> like, yeah. i think his physical appearance is pretty much on part i thought um, it was good. i of course m night uh he said you know the fire nation is all indian that's totally fine i don't really care about that because you know i feel like the show is trying to tell you that this is uh you know maybe japanese or maybe i don't know what empire of um, Chinese history that they're trying to emulate. They yeah. take a lot, obviously, because the cultures in Avatar are not directly uh, real-world cu- cultures. They're inspired by certain cultures, and they mix sometimes. So I'm, I'm totally fine with them being Indian, and I'm yeah. glad that it's all like they try to keep it homogenous in a certain way, where like everyone in in the Fire Nation is going to be Indian, yeah, or at least in the, in like the Fire Lord's dynasty. Could, could could we actually talk about race right now on this? Like, yeah, yeah. Let's let's jump in. This is a good jumping in part. Yep, yep. I actually think it's, like, kudos to M. Night. I'm sure they thought about it. In 2010, like, race wasn't a big conversation in Hollywood yet. Executives still, like, were reluctant to really cast multiple, multiple people of color and stuff. So I commend them for having, like, the Fire Nation, which is, like, a big part of the story, be all Indian cast. I just think, like, though, it's weird to then have a very, very, like, white elven water tribe... (laughs) And then the yeah, Earth, the yeah. Earth Kingdom, I guess, was like East Asian. And then like Ang is like ambiguous. And then the Air Monks were black. Like, I don't know. It was just confusing. Like the Air Monks weren't black, but the one of them was, I think. Yeah. If I were to do it, I think I would have made the Fire Nation white a la British Empire. Like right. imperialism historically, right? Or like East India Trading Company. I think that would have been a cool commentary. And then I would have made maybe the Earth Kingdom black because, like, there's the the kind of oppression kind of thing there maybe. Also, the Earth Kingdom, we know very little about the Earth Kingdom right now. There's going to be a lot more. So book two of Avatar is Earth, right? So they'll see a lot more of the Earth Kingdom. The Earth Kingdom is gigantic. It's like, it's almost like a Pangea of sorts. Yeah. And it's it's very diverse uh, from top to bottom. So we'll see different types of people, uh, even in the show. Okay, that's cool. I mean, that's kind of like China, but... Yeah, and then I would have made the Air Temple Indian, maybe, if you want to fit that in there. And then the Water Tribe, like, the Inuit, like, Asian, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I really think you got to be something along along the lines of Inuit. I think that's... uh, Yeah, that's, like, kind of obvious. One one big critique I have here is, like... So there actually were Inuits, or Inuit aesthetically-looking people in the movie... But they were only playing people who didn't have speaking roles. The children who were present when the Fire Nation invaded, those yeah. look like Inuit actors. But then all the people, so Soka and Katara are both white. And then when they go to the Northern Water Tribe, the Grand Master guy is, and obviously um, uh, Yue, also white. Yeah. Yo, so, Yue was white as hell. I thought she was actually well cast. She's she's supposed to be a, a darling in distress yeah. sort of damsel yeah, darling yeah like she whatever. she looks like a yeah. daenerys with like the infantile cuteness of like an ariana right yeah ariana is a good because she has the top ponytail 
Yeah, 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 yeah. They soiled the hair, and I'm still mad about it. <laughs> and then lastly, I feel like our major character we need to introduce is Iroh. Mm. How would you describe Iroh, Peter? Oh, man. Um, Iroh. Sorry, Iroh. Iroh. Oh, yeah, they say... In this movie. Uncle Iroh. Oh, man. So, Sean Tobe is a classically, like, ethnically ambiguous guy. Okay. He, he is Persian, um, oh. and he's very tall. Yes. He's, very, he's tall. He's more intimidating. Slim. Yeah. He didn't have like that like approachable teddy bearness that I like in Iroh. Mm-hmm. He actually did embody some of the like zen-like wise yeah. salt and pepper feeling. I So I think he acted beyond what his look and impression might initially give. So I, I, I thought he pulled his weight in terms of acting, but look-wise, I would have cast a million people. I would have, I, I was writing down a list in my head. I said I would have cast yeah. Patton Oswalt before him. I said right. I would have cast Bobby Kim before him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would have cast Margaret Cho before him. Yeah, um, yeah. I think Margaret would have killed this role, to be honest. He made more sense as the Fire Lord. Yeah. The, he the he Fire Lord looked like a, like a shrewd bureaucrat. Whereas in the show, he's this completely silhouetted, yoked as fuck dude that will beat the shit out of you. This Fire Lord is like just a, sh- a shrewd politician. Yeah. He likes his fancy clothes. So I, I this guy look, I mean, I, Ido is very intimidating looking. And he, he does intimidate people in this movie. There's also Admiral Zhao, if you guys want to do that. And Admiral Zhao. Admiral <laughs> Zhao is somewhat of a peewee, a peewee little, yeah. little puny guy in this one. Totally. I thought I was watching The Daily Show, man. I I can only think of him as a funny guy, honestly. Yeah, I mean, look, not not to put actors in a box. I'm not a fan of that. And I and I thought he he did a pretty good job because I thought he acted beyond what I might expect out of someone that I mostly known for know for being a correspondent on The Daily Show. It just wasn't the right role for him. He's supposed to be this like completely power hungry lunatic general man and yeah, he, yeah. he's a guy that seems to me that very obedient seeming he he really is just doing whatever he's like the fire lord's puppet in a way yeah do whatever yeah, the fire yeah. lord says whereas i feel like in the show he has his own ambitions he wants to be greater he wants to be a god yeah um, you yeah, don't get that yeah. of him in this in this movie this brings us into our second portion <laughs> we're gonna talk about portion. the plot that was a lot with <laughs> this is our second portion we're gonna talk about plot in this movie, I would say roughly eight episodes are covered. We have we start out exactly how the show starts out, or not exactly. The opening introduction where they show the elements, they have that, they do that as oh, yeah, like that was the very, cool, very, yeah. very first. And then they jump straight into Kor- Katara and, and Soka discovering Ong. And then from there, there's the whole Zuko finding out. They meet, they understand the whole cat and mouse game. Aang goes, discovers that all the airbenders are dead. And then they just gallivant. There's basically one montage that comprises the entire first season where it shows them. And he just basically going, presumably going from every Earth Nation town and just liberating them. Because Aang is just ridiculously powerful and the Fire Na- Nation has literally no defenses against his airbending. And he, he, they do that. And then they're, all, they're at the Northern Water Tribe temple. We skip Katara's arc. She doesn't have really any development as a character. And then we go through the, the ending beats of the last two episodes, which admittedly have a whole lot of plot in them. And that's the whole movie. Yeah, no like side adventure stuff was 
Uh, it makes sense. It's a, I mean, yeah, it's a I mean, one-way movie, right? Yeah, that 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 makes sense. I'm not mad at that. I I really just think like you can tell that like they probably shot like another hour or two's worth yeah. of footage, and they were like, no, 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 we need to cut this down, and like chopped it up have so an much. Explanation for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm reading an article. I was trying to figure out like where the budget was spent, but I can't find yeah. that. But apparently, same year that. James Cameron's Avatar came out. Mm -hmm. So everyone was like super stoked about 3D and like all these movies were all of a sudden like, oh my God, we should be 3D too. Yeah. So they were trying to ride this wave is what this article is saying and that in order to release it on time, they had to cut a half an hour of the movie so that they could convert it to the whole thing to 3D. In other words, they couldn't convert those 30 minutes to 3D in time for the release. So you are right that a lot was chopped out, it sounds like. Yeah. That makes sense. Oh God. Again, that is... Classic bureaucratic MBA thinking. Who cares? If, Who cares about the story? People are paying more money. Okay, uh, these kids—they don't—they don't understand what's going on. They just want to see the flashy effects, the 3D. That's why their parents are taking them there. Okay, it's get the short, 3D out there. Cut the movie. It's a short-term, dumb, uninformed decision. Like this is beloved content ip man oh my god i mean that also kind of explains some of the shots that they showed and why they did so many like dolly dolly <laughs> pan shots especially like the earth kingdom fight uh kind of the dolly shot yes. like the panning views on the northern water kingdom that kind of yeah. looking at it with 2020 <laughs> 2020 vision 2020 eyes you can tell that it looks a little odd, but maybe in theaters in 2010, like maybe it looked cool. But like, again, that's novelty. You know, that's not yeah. that juice. That's not the sauce. Mm. I would imagine also the first opening thing where they're, you know, it's like the red background. Where yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. They're showing yes. the different, they probably, the water probably shot straight into you and everything in the theater was like, oh my God, oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah a lot of a lot of 3d movies do that where like the first thing you see is like whoa 3d the first thing on screen like including yeah, the title freaking novelty that's in. when like this is for the millennials like when three when spy kids first came out oh know, yeah they were just spy kids throwing 3D. shit at you it's in the title yeah i want to dive more into the plot a little bit um, I think where this movie really struggles because for the first 30 minutes, there isn't a clear goal of why they're doing what they're doing. They're following the story beats. So no Aang first, wakes up. There isn't and, a clear anything, man. I mean, first, first, honestly, like half the movie. But the first 30 minutes is Aang waking up and realizing basically nothing. No one explains to him anything. He doesn't explain who he, who he is either. He doesn't even introduce himself. He doesn't like, introduce himself. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, he's like, I'm going to get out of here. Uh, thanks. Bye. And then the the Fire Nation comes and he's like, yeah, okay, Fire Nation. Eventually they get away and they all go together. For some reason, they all join him to the air temple. He realizes his people are dead and then they just keep moving. They don't really know yep. why yet. I think maybe they think the Fire Nation is ta tailing them, but there's no goal. There's no uh, – initially it's in the first movie – or sorry, in the show. <laughs> it's we need to get What's to the What's my motivation? Exactly. When you get to Northern Water Traps, you can learn waterbending because you're the Avatar. You have to learn this shit. There's never discussed whether he knows how to waterbend. It's just the fire. There's a side conversation with the fire uh, nation is just discussing this. And my, this is one of my biggest problems with the movie. The movie is following the story beats and then it's playing catch up the whole time. They basically have to yep. go like every every five minutes. They have to be like, ah, yes, Zuko. 
you were disgraced and that's why you have your scar. And now you're seeking honor to reclaim your title. Ah, yes, the Avatar. He can only be reborn. Uh, if he gets reborn, then he'll just be born somewhere else. We have to track him down. Yep. Oh, yes, this is how waterbending works. You have to move. There's just a whole lot of show not tell, show don't tell. Yeah, it's show uh, don't tell. And they broke That's it. what we constantly said in our Quarter, in our, in our yeah, chat. Every turn, constantly they broke just expositioning. It felt like the entire movie. They're just trying to explain to you new things. Where they, you know, with every Earth Nation town they arrive at, we're not allowed to earthbend because, you know, uh, they said we can't and we're being oppressed and we're sad. We're hungry. I may have to eat my baby. Like, that's just show me that. The show, tell it's much more explicit. Yeah. Um, we're showing people earthbending and be like, oh, we can't do that. Sorry. That's my biggest problem with this movie. <sighs> yeah. I mean, indeed. I, uh, Nikki, what, what is your biggest. Oh, you said you said it was probably the casting, right? Yeah. Like the whitewashing. My biggest problem. Yeah, that just really took it up took me out of it. And like that made it so that I couldn't ever remember which character was which, you know? Yeah. Like every time Uncle Iroh came on, I was like, Who's this supposed to be again? You know, he just looked so different. Yeah. And yeah. acted different. The other big thing for me was like the movement, which Peter's mm. girlfriend Kelly commented on a lot. It just like looked like they had zero training. It looked like they had like a dance teacher come in and like teach them choreography and then they like did it together, not looking at each other. Like when in the sequences where Aang and Katara would do it together, like they weren't even moving together, you know? They were totally out of sync. It didn't uh, look like there was any like power behind their movements. It preach. just looked like they were doing the motions. Preach. So that was a bummer. Yeah, as... I think that that's a good transition into our next section, which is about the world and the bending. Yep, yep. What are you? You're about to say something, Peter. What do you think? I was just gonna say preach. Like that. That that was very cringy. Like as someone who's done martial arts and like pretends to do yoga, it, I was like, oh, bastardizing my culture. It felt like there was a big emphasis on air bending being very powerful. Mm-hmm. They seem to tone everything down a bit. For one, all bending is about like one tenth of the speed it is in the show. Like the the fireballs that they shoot and the water and stones that they throw move at about a walking pace. And <laughs> they, they didn't. They couldn't you render could just that walk fast, out of the way. <laughs> you could just you could just walk out of the way. Hang though. As soon as he starts, he has to wind up a little bit. He has to start doing a couple flips. Once he's on his third or fourth flip, then, you know, the fan turns on. But once <laughs> that fan starts running, everything blows away. And it's, he, he just, in, in the montage sequence, he enters every town. He's already doing flips. And there's a hurricane coming behind him. And everyone has no choice but to run. There was no mysticism. There was no enchanting the, yeah. feeling. Yeah, you know, it was just there was no, t- there was no t- uh, conversation about this is sacred to our culture. This is a tradition passed down for so long. Only certain people have this ability. I'm lucky enough to have it. You know, there's there was none of that. Um, it was just graphics. It was just showcasing graphics yeah. and and visual flashiness. Movement. Yeah, there, I wanted Iroh to have a lesson with uh, Zuko about uh, what it means to be a firebender and all that. Yeah. Also, firebending, it seemed like they couldn't produce fire. They could, like, heat things. Yeah, it was very much body. like um, Bobby from, from X-Men where yeah. he needed a lighter. When they would firebend, there would be, like, a little, I guess, a furnace burning somewhere, and they would, like, shoot the fire out from there. 
which and is just like a random or breath or... nuance to add for no reason. It, it to me it makes the firebenders seem like wait how are they so powerful? Oh oh you know what it was I remember um so they they gave away like a few things from season two ah uh, maybe they're not spoilers but like the fire lord mentions the asteroid when the asteroid comes he says that's when the firebenders will be able to produce fire without a source or something like that. Oh, did he? I think he I said that, that at the very end. So, like, maybe they, instead of, like, delving into, like, oh, it comes from the breath and yeah. you have to control it. Instead of, like, going into in-depth into that, mm. maybe they just wanted to, like, make it, like, uh, you can bend it if there's fire, but with the asteroid, you, you don't need fire. Okay, I gotcha. Another thing I want to talk about is the spirit world. Oh, so, oh good this- call. <laughs> The spirit world, when at, when Aang goes into it, is usually this sort of. It's supposed to be almost like an adjacent uh, Earth. Yep. It seems it seems very grounded, right? Like there's laws that that take place in the spirit world. You can't bend in the spirit world, right? The first time he goes there, it's sort of like he's in the upside down, right? Like he sees everything around him, but he can't interact with it. He's a ghost. Yep. But then when he goes into it in the series finale or the season finale. Uh, he's in this completely new world, this jungly, kind of scary looking place. And I think that's where they took the inspiration from. You don't really, you can't really see anything when Ong goes into the spirit world. It's all blurry and he's always in this dark tunnel and he meets a dragon, which is presumably Roku's dragon is where they got the inspiration from. But interestingly enough, he never talks to Roku. And that was one of my, uh, another big thing that I was I didn't like, why did they decide not to have Roku? He's such an important part of the story. Uh, that actually, I think... They actually, it's one of those things, not not only did they mess it up, they tried so hard to make it a thing and wasted so much effort and energy and money because that effect that they used where it's like, there's like a, there's like an echo after image, like a rainbowy yeah. after image effect that just looks like a bad Snapchat filter. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then it's like low, low brightness, like low contrast. And then, yeah, they used a CGI dragon where for me, I'm like, honestly, it would have it would have been better if you literally put like an Instagram sepia filter on and then just had an old Asian man with a Fu Manchu beard. Like yeah. th- that that would have been phenomenal. That would have been great. And that's who Roku is. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Not hard. Not hard. Yeah. Oh, this That's just how I can sense your frustration here. <laughs> like, if there was just one Asian person in the writing room. Uh, I, I mean, I'm sure there was one or two. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I bet. But I don't know. Our next section is talking about strengths and weaknesses. Now, I'm going to limit us to what is the one worst weakness. We're all going to go ahead and say, I don't think I've said anything possible about the film yet, but I do have one thing that I really like um, that they did in this film. Yep, yep. The best thing that they did in this film is they introduced the whole like UA, like moon spirit thing nice and early on. Where they're saying, ah, there's a the moon spirit has taken physical form somewhere, and I, maybe we can kill it. Th- that just made it so it didn't seem like they're just creating a solution to a problem that comes in the same episode. That was my, one of my biggest critiques of the the actual show in the a season finale. The biggest weakness for me is uh, just the um they uh, just the way the plot is structured. They're constantly just explaining stuff to you, and I, I that's just boring to listen to. How about you guys? Well, I've already said my weakness, I guess. I need to keep thinking on a strength. I honestly don't know. Like, all I can think of is something boring. Like, the settings were pretty. <laughs> they or, had like, some... some of the costumes were cool, but 
I don't know. Nikki, I, I was going to say like the same thing. Actually, I, I actually thought the costume design and the set design and the art, which is like what they call like the props and stuff like that. I thought that was actually pretty solid. I thought they could have been a little bit truer to the anime colors without being too tacky. What mm. I mean is um, the Fire Nation was pretty red, like black and red. Yeah. Uh, I saw some green, I think, in the Earth Kingdom, but initially the Water Tribe wasn't very blue gar in Galarb. They're kind of grayish brownish. Yeah, yeah. Like and Katara then, and Soka's outfits. Yeah, and then Ang, I think, should have been in like the yellow orange. In terms of like the uh, like the temples and like the like the like the ships, I thought the ships actually looked really cool. Yep. Uh, the Fire Nation ships, and like there was one scene with the tank. Uh, they didn't have rhinos, but they had Komodo dragons. I thought that was actually kind of cool. Um, yeah. Aang's little fly kite thing actually looked kind of cool. I like that. Mm-hmm. I liked that too. Yeah, that's about it. I mean, that that was pretty promising. I I, I mean, I think that those people pulled their weight. Um, and I thought the setting, like you said, the scenes were pretty good looking, except for when it got way too CGI. What do you call the um, the like space in the last two episodes where the fish are they didn't have a name for it it's just the they said the the spiritual center of the northern water tribe oh where the pond is and stuff yeah yeah that one i thought was particularly good and like really looked like the show and Mm -hmm. i was excited to see it like kind of come to life this is just a tangent but um ang doesn't turn into an angry water fish monster in this movie they run they ran out of budget I mean, the giant wave, okay. Yeah, but... The Fire Nation decided to leave. Yeah. They could have come back after yeah. the wave went oh, down. Oh, he also doesn't attack him with the wave. He just flexes and then puts it down. Yeah. And then the... I think it's such a display of power that even the firebenders that are still battling decide to bow as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a weird Deus Ex Machina. All right. So what about your biggest weakness? One. You can only choose one. All right. This is me being obnoxious. I'm I'm actually gonna say production, um, <laughs> like like at the executive level. I thought it was I think it's poorly developed and executed. Maybe that's not what you're looking for, but like <laughs> like the business people and the executives that made this happen botched it. I don't okay. think it's. I think if M Knight had his way, he probably could have executed it better. I think like. The 11th hour decision to make it like 3D, like that kind of thing, right? Those things, I think, really botched the movie more than anything else um, and made it feel... All the things that we're complaining about, I think were probably done, not even the like behind the scenes camera, like post-production editor level, but at like the producer, like developer, distributor level. Yeah. But to give you like a direct answer, I think it would probably be editing. I thought it was just horrible editing. Yeah, I mean, agreed, agreed. <laughs> yeah. was, I mean, it, uh, if they if they chop it up that much, then needless to say, that's a big big problem. Yeah, but if, if I were to steal your answer from before, I would probably say uh, tone. I think right. If everything was as bad as it was, but they kept the child like wonder and enchantment feeling and the levity of Aang, I think I would have still left feeling like there was merit in this movie, maybe. Yeah, uh, because that's the biggest, I guess that's true because that's the biggest reason why I wouldn't tell people to watch it is the tone is just not what you're looking for. With all that being said, though, I want us the three of us to come together 
and yeah. we're all gonna pitch. Yeah. How do you fix this movie? Yep, yep. I have a, I got my idea. So let me know what you guys think. How do you fix it? All right. So, as we've talked about extensively, there was just such a huge issue with the casting here. So I think there's a very obvious fix in having Dev Patel play all of the characters. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that would be so good. I would watch a one man. Oh Imagine yeah. Imagine a one man show. Yeah, please. He has the the range too to do that. Yeah, I would yeah. love to see him play Iro. This is now the Dev Dev Fan Club <laughs> podcast. Yeah, so I, I good, watch that rendition. Yeah, that's all I got. Dev, if you ever listen to this, please do a one man show. <laughs> all right, Peter, what do you think? How do you fix it? How do you fix this? You. You burn it. You burn every digital copy <laughs> off the face of this existence. You erase I mean, everyone's memory of it existing. Uh, how do you fix it? I, I think you need it to be a three-hour movie. Okay. And I think you need a studio and a distributor that trusts the director. And you need a drug director that gets this IP, how to execute the tone of it. And what the fans want. I can just see that there were too many, you know, cooks in the kitchen from a from that level. That's how you fix it. I have a very specific plan on how they can fix this. Be addressing Ooh. my major my major faults. This is what yeah. I want to address. First of all, I want to make this movie a movie where you care about the characters because you don't care about Aang in this movie, and that's the biggest one of the biggest flaws. Yeah. You He's especially don't care about Ong. You don't care about. <laughs> <laughs> You don't care about Ong in this movie because he doesn't have anything to bring other than like, I'm a cool airbender. Yeah. And you're constantly playing catch up on what is this world that we're in and who, what is this overall plot? So this is how you fix it. First, you just, you just have to shift the timeline back. That's how you fix it. You start the movie off yeah. with Roku. Roku is the main character in the very beginning. He is alive. You guys don't know his story yet. Ooh. So this is speaking directly to the people who have seen the whole series. You start off with his story. I'm not going to tell it because you guys don't know what happens to him. But if you know what happens to him, you know his story is so closely connected with Aang's story that you need to know what happens to him. Then he dies, obviously. Wait, wait, wait. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm not supposed to know what you're talking about, basically. No, no, you're not. Okay, okay so Roku dies. And then you the you do some sort of camera trick that shows him dying, and then like Matt shot just like that Matt shot of uh, you know Daenerys whatever tar the Targaryen baby being born. Yeah. Matt shot is Jon Snow. You do that same thing with Roku. He's dying, and then his no face fair, man. Is, this is such a good answer. <laughs> his his, his I I've thought a lot about this. So he dies, and a Matt shot to Aang's baby face. He's born. He's in the air temple, and he's. Oh, cool. I'm an airbender. You show him growing up. He's this fucking goofy kid. He loves playing games with all of his friends. He's a lovable, sweet boy. And then the war comes. You, you see, uh, you can you know, take some creative liberties with you want with the show. You establish his connection with Gyatso because when you see Gyatso skeleton in this movie, you're like, oh, who? Like, Dude, you can't just show someone's dead body. You're the shit out of Nickelodeon right now. This is, you're running laps. <laughs> This the story suddenly works. <laughs> You're planting the, all the right seeds the, because they 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 were harvesting fruit. 
that they yeah. didn't plant the seeds for. The, the, yeah. the very quick, easy ways to plant those seeds. Beautifully yeah. done, Eli. Dang. You don't care about Aang in this movie. You need to care about him. He's this lovable kid, and he has to be this innocent boy that you want to, the audience wants to protect. Yep. Once you do that, you show his relationship with Gyatso, and this is tragic, him running away and him being frozen. Um, he's running away from his responsibilities, and that has to be the major plot element. The major yeah. plot element in, is sort of the same in the movie, but it's more of um he's not ready to be like a leader in a way like he's what he it's like everyone bows to him and he has to bow back and he runs away from that in the movie you don't you don't have that connection that he does in the show with Gyatso it's very personal to him like Gyatso is his best friend and his like his mentor and everything that he needs and that gets taken away from him and that's what's so tragic about it in the show and then he gets frozen and then you get introduced to Katara and Soka and then when he wakes up it's like okay, we love this guy. Let's continue his story. And, oh, everything is completely different now. And that's new to the audience. It can't just be uh, the Fire Nation is uh, is the bad guy. You have to introduce why that happens. And that's yes. Part, that's tied into Roku's story. And so you're, you're there. You understand the world. You understand Aang. And you go from there. The other major thing that, I, that the show did that I didn't like, the, sorry, the movie did that I didn't like, is they try to make it that Aang is hiding that he's the Avatar basically the whole movie. And at the very end, when Aang is in the spirit world, Katara's guarding him. She says, I do believe you're the Avatar. I do believe you. What? I didn't even catch yeah, that. Yes, yes. Are you kidding? Yes, it's like that's a major plot element in the movie. Did M. I don't Night like watch that. this movie? Jesus. I don't, yeah, I don't like it because the whole driving force is you're the avatar you need to learn water bending let's get to the northern water tribe this is such a stronger plot when you have that and i don't know why they omitted that and that's why this movie feels like it has no plot because it's like why are they going places what are they doing sure they're running from the fire nation but they need more than that you know okay you can't just keep running forever you have to have another goal in mind and M- night is not I don't know why they hired him to so he wrote this too. I don't know why they hired him to write this. His specialty is is like writing eerie semi-thriller almost short stories. His movies feel yeah, like short yeah, stories, yeah. you know? Totally. And he's pretty good at that. But he's like that, new kind of different concepts. He yeah, comes with these little it's worlds. Very different from a a, a vast world building. It's very yeah. different than universe building. Dang, dude, you <laughs> dude, you're really yeah. good at this, man. You should do that, it. That, that's the major other change, and then obviously the tone. Just make, yeah. just make all the characters more lighthearted. Make it a fun. And this is not something people knew until Avengers came out in 2012, and everyone's like, "Oh, you got to have a movie that's a lot of action. There's good drama, but oh, every five minutes there's a joke." Yeah, the show has tons of that. Just put yeah. that in the movie, you know? Yo, imagine if uh, who's the guy? Ty- Taika, Taika, Taika. Like, yeah, yeah, Taika would do a great job with Dude, this. Imagine if he, I don't know if he, he likes Avatar. Oh my god! Imagine if yeah. he did Avatar. It'd be That'd such be a so fun good. time. That's how you fix yeah. this fucking franchise. Do we have any other just random things that we want to talk about? Yeah. Any other thoughts from the movie? Yeah, Appa looked really creepy. He, yes, he looked like a scary character in a uh, Hayao Miyazaki film. Yeah. That's good. Like a oh, creepy well monster. Well done. Well done. Yes. Momo he has. was all right, though. Yeah, Momo looked good. Appa's face looks like too much like a human face. That's yeah, it was Uncanny Valley. It was Uncanny Valley yeah. for sure. Oh, yeah. There was this one section where they took liberties with the plot. And I can't quite remember what it was, but like I didn't mind it because they kind of truncated certain areas that made sense to truncate. I think it was um, one of it might be he went to the Northern Air Temple and the oh, Fire Nation yes. was already there, like kind of like yeah. waiting for him or something. 
Um, that was like different. I didn't hate it. And then obviously the fact that you see and like not only visually see, but see the Fire Lord like talk a bunch was kind of like jarring. And I like feel like I shouldn't have seen that. But I, that's probably me being like way too like show centric. And then um, they talk about the sister a lot more than in the show. And then the show, the movie ends on like, we're setting up the second film for the sister to be the villain. Yeah. And then, you know. Which is just how the show ends too. Yeah. But then, you know, this is not going to yeah, be a second movie. Crash and burned. The other weird change. There are tons of emotional moments in the, in the last, the last episode and the last, you know, the last half or last bit of the movie. Yeah. These big emotional moments. The biggest thing for me is when Iroh comes in, when Zhao is about to kill the the moon spirit fish, Iroh comes in, and this is the first time in the show that he's straight up being traitorous. He's saying, if you do that to if you do this, whatever you do to this fish, I will unleash tenfold upon you. There's so much emotion in that in the show where it's like, Whoa, are you really putting it all on the line? Like, aren't you like a loyalist? Aren't you the Fire Lord's brother? Yeah, he's never really said anything like this before, and so that's yeah, why yeah, it's so yeah. surprising in the show. And then he actually does like fight a bunch of the Fire Nation soldiers. In the movie, he like gets his eyes turn red, and then he like he does actually emanate flame from himself. Yeah, he flexes, and then he yeah. just scares them and they run away. And then it's not really clear after that. Like, is he a traitor for doing that? Did he break off with the Fire Nation for doing that? It's not really clear. It's not clear, but the Fire Lord says. Oh, like oh at he, the he's end, a traitor. My brother's a traitor. Yeah. Oh, okay. So again, they they <laughs> yeah. they broke show don't tell. Yeah. You know that was just weird to me. I don't it know why. Weird. They did it that. is weird. Another big thing, when Iroh was like Zuko, you're like a son to me. I love you. Be careful. There wasn't really mm. that in the movie. He's just like, all right, like make sure you wear your hood and stay warm, which is like kind of sweet, but it wasn't the same. Yeah, like he yeah. gave him a hug. He's like, I love you, Zuko. There wasn't. I wanted that too in the movie. There wasn't that same love. Nope. Nope. Ah. <sighs> I think it's about time for us to thank our sponsor for the day. Who's our sponsor, Nikki? Dev Patel. Dev Patel fan club. <laughs> Dev Patel. Mm, Hollister. Hollister. And, yeah, that's uh, a good one too. School girls everywhere. Limited to. Oh, True Religion Jeans. Thank you, True Religion Jeans, for <laughs> guiding us through this time. Although you've lost re- re- relevance, you have not lost any relevance in my heart. Just I still revenue. In you, True Religion. <laughs> And uh, thank you all for listening to the longest episode to date and a very special episode. Coming up next, we're going to go into season two. Book yep, two, yep. baby. What are your, uh, what, what do you guys, what do you guys think? You excited for season two? I'm so excited yes. to not watch this movie anymore or not talk about this movie and <laughs> go back to the show. We'll leave it in the past. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Worry. All right. Excited for some more female energy. Oh, there's Ooh. a whole lot of that in season two. A lot, actually, a lot of new female characters. A, a oh, yeah? lot, actually, I can yeah. think of like four or five new f- female characters. Wow. Comes in later. I'm just waiting for her to happen. Mm-hmm. We'll see you all in season two. Peter, any words of wisdom? Don't watch this movie. That is the best words of wisdom you've ever done. I'm leave <laughs> it at that. Thank you all. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.